Happy Mother's Day! Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, what a good day it is to be at the harbor this morning. My name's Weston. I'm one of our pastors of student ministry, and I'm uh, excited to be with you this morning on a really special day. And so I thought since um, I had the mic and you can't do anything about it, I'm going to tell you a story. Um, I have a mom, and I thought I would tell you a story about myself and, and my mom. For us to get started this morning, we've already stretched a little bit with some laughing from the video. By the way, he said something about bald people not being smart, and that's not true at all. Um, I shouldn't have picked that video. I'm kind of mad at him now. Um, but I remember there were these uh, periodic times with uh, my mom growing up uh, where she would need to go get some groceries. We went to a normal grocery store, but there were was, there was some occasions where we would go to this amazing store, and you're going to know why it's amazing when I tell you, called Sam's. Maybe it's Costco for you, but you know, these big box stores, listen, Sam's is the only place where you have to load mayonnaise like this with a weight belt and put it in your basket. Uh, I've been working out, by the way, that's, that's good. Um, and uh, I, I remember a specific day in particular. Um, one of my favorite reasons to go to Sam's, and maybe it was your reason too, was, was what? Samples, Right? Moms, by the way, uh, here's a, a life hack. You don't want to cook dinner, go to Sam's. Just walk around that joker all day long. Um, so the reality is I would love to, to go to Sam's. So mom comes in, she goes, hey, we got to go to Sam's today. We had to drive to College Station to do that. And I was like, putting on my nice shirt and my nice clothes because we're going to Sam's today, you know. And, and we walk in, and I, I just remember... Uh, I am bolting to sample lines because I, I love it. It may be a sandwich. It may be vegetables. Like, it's a, it's a crapshoot, really. It could be really good or really bad. But you better believe that every time I saw a little person in a white hat standing there giving me stuff, I was going to run up to it. And this one day in particular, I'm running around. I'm getting the samples. I'm turning around. I'm like, hey, Mom, I'm good. And she's doing her shopping. She knows she's got to put up with little Weston. And, and um, there's this one moment where I grab a sample. I turn around, and Mom's not there. And I'm like... I'm going to say the one thing that I know that she will hear and know that it's me. Mom! And then 250 women go, yes? <laughs> and uh, so I, that theory didn't work. And so I thought what I would try to do is I was just going to, I, I was going to walk up and down the aisle and try to find her. I'm eating my little samples, you know. And what turned into, turned from walking, turned into prancing a little bit, turned into running, me yelling around going, Mom! And 400 women yelling at me, What? And um, then they would realize it was not their baby, and they were like, we don't do that in the store, okay? Um, and so uh, I'm running around, I'm running around, and all of a sudden, it seemed like an hour. I mean, I'm mad at my mom, because I'm thinking, she left me at Sam. What a, what a horrible parent, right? And um, I remember this, this guy in a, in a blue little blazer, whatever they, they wear at Sam's, he comes around the corner, and he's like, hey, you look lost. I think I know where your mom is. Well, mama didn't raise no fool. I kicked him in the shin, because I thought he was a stranger, and that's danger, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. That's a joke. Um, what really happened is he, he takes me around the corner, and, and I see my mom, and all of a sudden, you hear in the background, chariots of fire. Dun, 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 dun. And then we just take off running towards each other, and, and then she grabs me and flips me around and starts spanking me, really. <laughs> I'm kidding again. She didn't spank me. Um, we, we did spank in my house, though. Um, but there was, this, there was this sweet, sweet embrace. And so um, I, I tell you that to tell you this. Moms, thank you, because I would probably still be in Sam's getting samples. 
at the age of 32, uh, I would still be, still be running around, but um, today is such a special day because today's we set a day that we set aside to just say thank you for loving us, uh, thank you for always coming through, thank you for working tirelessly to make our lives work. And that's not just your kids, that's your husband too, you make his life work as well. Um, but I also understand, like Robert alluded to, um, I also understand that this day could be hard for some of us. Um, and hopefully, I want to meet us there, if that's okay, because there is no better place than here today. Um, maybe, maybe your mom, like Robert said, is, is no longer here with us. Maybe the thoughts of the baby that you are struggling to have, maybe for some of us, we have had to bear the deep tragedy of, of losing a child. And then I would not even pretend to try to articulate from this stage the emotions that may go into this day for some of us. And in getting ready for today, I'll be really honest with you, okay? I went and I asked some moms if there's anything that you could hear from God today or anything that you could hear from the church. What would you want to hear? Um, and, and here's the reality. I, got a, I, got like, I asked like six different moms. I got six different answers, okay, which overwhelmed me even more because the reality is in my many years of being a mom, I'm not qualified to be here. I'm not qualified to speak to you today. But what I prayed was, God, would you show me what we need to hear today? Would you... Give me what we need, we, not just mamas, but we need to hear today. The answer I felt I got was so cliche, to be real honest with you, um, because it really is what we try to do here every Sunday morning at the harbor. Um, we worship, we preach, we talk about, we chase after the answer to the question that I asked, and the answer is Jesus. The sweetest, best thing that we could offer each other this morning is Jesus. And it wasn't cliche the more that I thought about it, because I thought back on my life with Jesus. From the day that I have surrendered leadership of my life to him, he is the one that has sufficed every need. He is the one that is currently sufficing Every need, emotion, longing, whatever it is that I'm in need of, not in one of, but in need of, whether I knew I needed it or, or, or whether it took me a while to really understand that I needed it, Jesus was the one. In my greatest joy, it was Jesus. In my deepest sadness, it was Jesus. In my struggle, it was Jesus. And when I have run this race well, it is because I have surrendered leadership in every area of my life to Jesus. So my hope this morning, as, as we start out together, my hope is that when you leave this room, that you would know three things. Number one, uh, we are honored that you are here with us today. I am honored to stand on this stage and speak to you today. Number two, there is a God in heaven who loves you so stinking much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to this earth to live a perfect life so that he could die death's penalty for our sin. 
so that we could have deep relationship with him. And, and the third thing that I want you to hear, and what we're going to be talking about this morning is, this Jesus is chasing after our heart today. Hoping that we would know that no matter what emotion is brought into this room, whether it be a day of extreme joy or deep sadness, he wants to fully satisfy us. So can I pray for us as we just take a little adventure this morning? And can I pray that like we already have as we've worshiped in music and as Robert prayed a while ago, can I pray that we would just open our heart and open our mind and that when he says something, we would just say, yes, Jesus. Let me pray for us. God, we are so thankful for the heart of a mom that we see in you. We are thankful that from the beginning of creation, we're going to read it today, from the beginning of creation, your heart was for your people. So God, I pray that our heart would be open, that our hands would be open to whatever you would have for us this morning, and that at the end of the day, when we walk out of here, we would say, yes, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 2. And while you're turning there, um, I want to do some setting up. Now, just to let you know, we're going to do some jumping around today, um, but I, but I want to set up uh, Genesis chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 7. You can put your finger there and then listen. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says. He created everything in existence. And in the middle of this creation story, he creates his prized possession on this earth, human beings. We're going to read the account of when he created human beings. And I want to jump into, story, into the story that God gave us. Um, and just so you know, we're going to read and then we're going to talk. And we're going to read and then we're going to talk. We're going to read. Then we're going to, you're smart people. All right, here we go. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says that the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. He breathed life into man's nostrils. Ooh, could have picked a different place. And man became a living person. And then the Bible says that God created the, the Garden of Eden. And so I want to skip down to verse 15. And the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. He gave him a job. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat fruit from any tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you will surely die. Now, I don't know if any of you have had a warning from God like this, but if, if I heard God Almighty say, here is the deal, if you do this, you're going to die, then I would be terrified of it. Or would I? God's about to bless Adam's socks off, okay? Verse 18, the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a help, helper who is just right for him. God creates this amazing, perfect place, and he tells Adam that it is all his. He puts parameters around it. He says, enjoy everything, but just don't eat from that tree. He even tells him what's going to happen if he does. And then here comes the blessing. The Lord God caused the man, verse 21, caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of man's ribs. Side note, this is the first surgery in the Bible for you doctors. Took out one of man's ribs and closed up the opening. 
The Lord God made woman from the rib, and he brought it to the man. And then we're going we're to hear the first poem we've ever heard in existence, at last. Okay, now everybody bump the guy next to you and say, that's the standard. <laughs> okay, at last, the man exclaimed, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. Some of you ladies are like, really, bro? Is that all you, you know, I'm just kidding. Verse 25, the man and the wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Can you imagine? God has created Adam and Eve. He's, he's given them everything they could ever need for satisfaction. They were complete. They had dominion over everything. They were naked and they weren't embarrassed about it. Yahtzee. And they had the most important thing to them, deep community with God. There was nothing to hide. But as you know, we're going to keep reading and things are going to go a little off track. Chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we can eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replies. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. She knew what was right. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Now, we may not be able to uh, relate to the fact that a snake has slithered up and started talking to us. If we have, we can talk about that. But we can relate to the choice that has to be made here. Are we going to choose to believe what God says is true, or are we going to believe the lies that the enemy tries to speak over us? We know what happens. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and that its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, who was in control, who was supposed to be the one leading, and he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to try to cover themselves. So there's two levels of nakedness I want to talk about this morning. Um, One of those is this. We have all had that dream where we show up to a crowd of people, and then in the midst of that, at least I've had the dream, I won't speak for you, in the midst of that crowd of people, we realize that there is a key piece of clothing that is missing. Why our brains would do this to us is beyond me, because it's a terrifying dream. I've never had a nightmare like this. But we realize that we're missing an article of clothing, and then there is shame and and utter. And and so the the epic story of our dream is that we have to make it back to the house to try to find this article of clothing. But for some reason, it like weighs like a ton of bricks or something. I don't know. Right? So there's there's nakedness. There's I'm missing clothes and someone else saw me, and this is embarrassing. Then there's another another level of nakedness that I want us to approach. When I was in high school, I was really busy playing with a ball and didn't have much time for dating, but I did have a crush. Um, and it was one of those crushes that, like, um, number one, I had a, had a fully functional accelerator and not a fully functional brake. So teenagers, that's us, right? Uh, and so I was like, 
It was one of those crushes that when um, she, she walked in the room, I like forgot how to say words. I was, <laughs> did I just pet her? I don't know what I just did, right? It was one of those, okay? I love you, Jen. I, um, <laughs> she, knows, she knows this, by the way. I did it to her. Um, but uh, I had a really good friend of mine. Now, I'm not going to say his name or the girl's name because they're my Facebook friend and y'all are a bunch of punks. And so, um, but I went to my friend, I said, hey man, no big deal, um, but I gotta get this off my chest because it's obviously affecting my speech and this has gone too far. Um, I have a really big crush on so-and-so. Not gonna tell you her name either, punks. And um, he said, dude, that, okay, you know, and I was like, here's, here's the deal, man, you can't say anything because I just wanna do my time here, like I'm in prison or something, like I wanna do my time in high school and I wanna roll out. I got big plans. Bro, I understand. And so like any good friend would do, with care and with sympathy, he went straight to her and told her. <laughs> because he's thinking, my man just doesn't have the guts to say anything, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something for him, and then in the end we were going to get married or something. So, um, But I remember I'm, I'm going to the lunchroom that day, and I walk in, and here she comes, and I'm like, this is, this is the moment. She's coming towards me. What are words? What are words? What are words? Hi, there's a word. Okay. Um, and she's going, hi, hey, um, I heard that you have a crush on me. <laughs> Naked. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Everything that was in here is now out here, and I didn't like it, right? Adam and Eve are in the garden. They do exactly what God tells them not to do, and all of a sudden, everything that's in here is out here. And it's a bad situation. The importance of Scripture telling us that they were naked and that they were ashamed is to let you know that there is a realization that there is something not right. I want to stop for a second because there are these moments in our life where we have this feeling where we are a mess, either from our willingness to walk into sin or the fact that Satan is just continuing to speak these lies over us that we believe. Moms, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Satan tries to convince you you're not getting this thing right. I know that happens. And maybe you're not a mom in here and you can relate to the mess that Adam and Eve have gotten themselves into. Because I know that this is real life. But can I offer us hope? The story is far from over. It would stink if the story was over right here and God walked up and he was like, well, you really screwed this one up, didn't you? That's not God. Can I speak something really quick? Story's not over, y'all. It's not over. And anything what Satan would try to bring into our life and say, see, told you. God has given us, through Jesus, this opportunity to look at him and go, it's not over. Let's keep reading. Verse 8. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden. I always wondered how they knew it was him and not like some deer. Um, so when I um, was uh, a kid, my, my dad, he drove a Chevy that had a 350 engine. Anybody? <laughs> yeah. And nobody. Okay. And... Um, 
I was excited about it. It did cool things. But I would be at home, and no matter, no matter what time of day, no matter when, no matter what sound I heard, when I heard that engine approach the house, I knew that Dad was home. And I knew he was home because I knew my dad. I had deep community with my dad. I knew everything that he looked like, smelled like, sound like. like I even knew his truck. They knew it was God, and the Bible's trying to tell us that they had deep community with God. The reason that that is important is this. Where there is true godly community, there is deep love and care. Where there's true godly community, there is a heart that says no matter what happens, no matter where you find yourself, I am not going to leave you to deal with this alone. And although there will be consequences for this sin, I need you to know something. The Bible promises that God will never leave you or forsake you. Let your heart hear this today. God not, has not left you. God has not forsaken you. It's important for us to know that in reading these next verses. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, and he said this. And these are the three most important words we're going to hear today. Where are you? Now, they're not playing hide-and-seek. It's not as if God doesn't know where they are. He's God. He knows. God is asking this question, where are you? Not for him to be able to find Adam and Eve, but to make Adam and Eve aware that they are now hiding from God. Adam, you are hiding, and that is not how I created you. I care about your heart. What is going on? The question is the same for us today. Because I understand, man. I understand that this day brings so many emotions. And maybe this day means nothing to you. The question is still the same for every one of us. For me, when I woke up this morning, where are you today? How is your heart? Maybe we're starting to identify with the story a little bit. Keep this question in the back of your mind. We're going to keep reading. Verse 10. He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I have commanded you not to eat? The man replied, and <laughs> ridiculous. It was the woman that you gave me. She gave me the fruit, and I ate it. And the Lord looked at the woman and says, what have you done? And she said this, the, certain, the serpent has deceived me. That's why I ate it. They started to play this blame game. We do this all the time because we don't want to take ownership of the sin in our life. We, we like to point to justification. I want to go back. I want to read a part of the story. It's not going to be on the screen, but it's verse 4. It's the conversation that the serpent and Adam and Eve have. Verse 4, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open, and as soon as you eat it, you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. Now look at me. How many times are we like this? How many times are we convinced of the stuff that he tries to say to us? How many times have we heard Satan try to speak this over us? She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. Sin always looks good. She wanted the wisdom that it would give her. It always looks like it's going to advance us. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. She gave some to her husband who was with her. He ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were open. They suddenly felt shame 
at their nakedness. In all of creation, in what God had given them, he gave them perfection and community with him. He'd given them purpose and parameters. God said, all this is yours. Everything that I can offer you, it is yours. Just don't eat that. And everything. This was the first time that Adam and Eve looked at everything that God created. And they thought that something was missing. They thought that they needed something more than God to be satisfied. So being convinced of the lie, they took the fruit that God had given them, that he told them wouldn't satisfy them, and they ate it. And it did exactly what God said it would do. And all of a sudden, they were filled with shame and regret. Now let's talk. He gave them a choice that day. Just like I believe he is giving us a choice today. No matter where you find yourself today, he's giving us a choice. To choose to believe what God says is true or to choose to believe the lie that God is not good enough to satisfy you today. So many of us are running around with a, like, like a chicken with our head cut off, running from one place to the other. And my hope is that we would be able to just stop and hear this question. Moms, you make the world spin round for your family, for your children. But I hope this morning that we together can take just a moment to take a deep breath and hear the Lord saying the same thing that he did to Adam and Eve that day. Knowing that they were in great need, full of compassion, full of love, where are you today? How is your heart? I'm here. I care. I want your heart. No matter, no matter who you are in this room, I want your heart to find rest and satisfaction in me. The cool thing is that many years later, God would, would send um, his son Jesus to this earth to restore that which was broken in humanity because of the choice that humans made in the very beginning. And there's so many stories between the story of Adam and Eve until the coming of Jesus where God has continuously been faithful to his creation and humans have continuously chose to believe that he was not enough. They would believe God, they would think that he's enough, and then life would happen and they would rebel. They would believe God, he was enough, and then life would happen and they would rebel. And at the beginning of the New Testament, in the book of John chapter 3, we see that God sends his only son into this world. Not to condemn us for believing the lie, but to save us from the lie. So that whosoever would truly believe that a loving God would send his son to die for us so that we could have community back with him for those who surrendered their lives to Jesus. They would have life and life to the fullest and this eternal promise of heaven in the same community that Adam and Eve shared with God. He came to restore that which was broken. And this Jesus, is he, he's on this earth. He's talking to a group of people in Matthew chapter 5. And, and this is what he says. He says, 
Matthew 5, verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds coming, he went up to a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came with him. He began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. Hear the words of Jesus this morning. For they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. And he offers us the same choice. That word filled in the Greek can be translated literally to the word satisfied. I don't know about you, but when I'm hungry or thirsty, I get a little hangry. Okay? And man, when I take that drink of water and you feel it go down, and there is a satisfaction. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness... They will be satisfied. True satisfaction is only found in Jesus. So maybe you walk in here today, and today is a really, really good day. Can I ask a question? Are you satisfied in Jesus? Or is your satisfaction in the joy? And maybe you walk in here, and today is a hard day. Will you trust him that he really is enough? In fact, God is offering us a level of satisfaction that surpasses anything that this world would have to offer. In 2 Peter verse 1, I want you to listen to what he says. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him the one who has called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, because of Jesus, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and to escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. You know, when I was a kid and I was running around in Sam's that day, frantic, screaming mom and hearing 400 different answers as to how I should get back to her. Um, There was something that was happening that I didn't know. When I was running around trying to find my safe place, when I was running around trying to find the one who was supposed to be protecting and caring for me, What I didn't fully know is that she was pursuing me even harder. She was chasing after me. And I thought about Mother's Day today. I thought about this word pursuit. We pursue things so hard. Moms, from the rising of the sun until that thing goes down, you Chase everything to make your children's world work, your family's world work. So number one, can I just say thank you? Listen, for me, the majority of my life, I was raised by a single mom who didn't make a lot of money, but somehow she made it work. I thank God for that lady every day. No matter where we are, I am not here unless she does what she did. 
But can we stop and let this sink in? There is a pursuit that is happening over your heart. And it was of great cost. I mean, let that sink in. God pursues you so hard that he was willing to give up his baby. So that we could sit here this morning and he could ask you the deep question. So that he could ask us, where are you at? How are you? I care deeply about your heart. What a gift a mother is because it really does show us the heart of God for his creation. My question is, are you experiencing this kind of love today? In your highest of joys and maybe in your deepest of hurts. So the invitation is twofold today and I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. Number one, if you don't know true satisfaction in Jesus, would you not leave here until you do? Would you know that it was a high cost for us to be able to feel fully satisfied? Would you hear that God gave his son so that you could become the righteousness of God, so that you could be in community with a loving Father who has not forsaken you, who has not left you. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you don't know Jesus this morning, we would love to introduce you there's a prayer team that would love to meet with you. I'll be here afterwards. I mean, there's leaders all around. And, man, we would love, love to talk to you about that. True satisfaction is only found in Jesus. You can chase after anything you want to. But true satisfaction will only be found in him. But maybe, um, maybe you know Jesus this morning. Maybe you have surrendered your life to him. Would you allow him to ask your question, ask you this question, where are you? I care about your heart. And then respond in, in worship, knowing that God, the creator of everything, just like that day in the garden with Adam and Eve, in the midst of their deepest joy, and in the midst of their toughest sorrow, approaches them and says, where are you at? I love you. I'm not leaving you. I care about your heart. You guys, Mark's about to share something with you that I think fits very well this morning. 